Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III The Search for Spock one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? Good. You know, you actually sounded a little Vulcan-like just then. Oh, did I? Were you just channeling? <laughs> channeling? Vulcan I was not channeling. I... Okay. I mean, it's just Monday morning. I think it's just Monday morning. Um, but we moved on to minute number 28. Um, and this minute starts with Sarek saying, I see. And ends with Spock on recording saying, The ship out of danger. Yes, well done. Um, I, I Just my first thought um, going into this minute is, I will say that Star Trek has gotten a lot of use out of reusing previous footage. <laughs> whether it's Ratha Khan using previous footage of the Enterprise from Motion Picture, or whether it's this movie using plenty of footage from the end of Wrath of Khan. Yep. Um, and I believe even uh, in Voyage Home, they use footage from this and Wrath of Khan in that movie. So I, I feel like it's... Every movie uses footage from you know from the previous movie. I, it just must be part of the Star Trek, you know. It must be logical. Well, I think you know I, I agree, and I at my you know theory is is just hey Paramount, you know, is just a, a frugal uh, studio, and they are just you know looking where they can save money. Um, right. So yeah, I think it, obviously it's budget related. It's it's, uh, but it's also. I always think of it's also kind of a callback to the original series because um, mm. they've done that in the original series too, where they'll they'll flash back to something or they'll be watching something on a monitor, and it's just yeah. it's just the scene you know we watched as an audience last episode or half an hour before or whatever. So that's right. It's I don't know if they're deliberately doing it and they're like, well, yeah, you know, the, the fans will get it. You know, this is just what we do. How how cool would it be or terrible would it be if they reshot some of these scenes so that we could get what looked like you know a, a more accurate flight recorder or data recorder or whatever would you be pro or con hmm. uh, i'd be con <laughs> really just like that con oh yeah con sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, I i i know i shouldn't have done that um so you don't think um I kind of think that would be neat to see it taken from a. I guess a, you know we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit about it's the end of this minute where we're watching we're watching a scene on the right. flight recorder of Spock and Kirk, uh, right? And it's just lifted directly out of the out, out of the movie out of Wrath of Khan. Yes. But I think it'd be cool to see, you know, really where where would a flight report recording, you know, camera be you know across the room so you'd see like some faraway shot of the same moments. Um, you know, why not do that? Why not? I don't know. So um, before we get into all of the, you know, the flight recording stuff, and because uh, I have questions, uh, why don't we go okay. back to the beginning of the minute? And uh, so this minute <laughs> you starts. You mean actually yeah. do it in chronological order? Sorry. <laughs> Heavens, that we do it in chronological order. 
So at the beginning of the minute, you know, Sarah comes in, you know, they're still, they just finished the, you know, the mind meld and, Mm -hmm. you know, Sarah had said uh, what he was looking for was not in Kirk's mind and Kirk, you know, mentioned that uh, they were separated and Sarah finally, I think, being totally at a loss, you know, I see that everything he was, everything that he knew is lost. And I feel at that moment, like, this has turned into Bummersville. Because <laughs> Sarek is so bummed out that it's basically Spock is now gone. Right, because at this point, so at this point, uh, we, I don't think we know yet really how much time has passed since Spock actually died. Right. So everybody that was there has had some time to grieve and or start to work through <laughs> Spock is gone. Right. And Sarek, up until this moment, was really full of hope, right? That I believe so, yeah. Right? He's not truly gone yet. Um, there's still a chance, and this is the moment where he realizes that, yep. Well, yeah, Sarek, basically, you know, well, we got the, you know, we, we bring him back to Vulcan, and, you know, ipso facto, he's, you know, Spock again, and, you know, that's <laughs> that's how it works in space. But, um... <laughs> You know, like, I agree, he, he had hope, and then now it's like, all hope is now gone, he gets up to leave, and then Kirk's like, wait, wait a minute, Spock would have found a way, you know, he would have, if, if there's if there was that much at stake, Spock would have found a way, and in that moment, um, you know, the hope comes back, because Sarek's like, yes, but how? And yeah. now we're starting to get glimpses of, you know, an idea you know, because Kirk says, what if he joined with someone else? It's a nice, that line, what if he joined with someone else? That And that, that beat, that pause, right. is, uh, I really like it. Because um, it, <laughs> he kind of pops up in a frame too, right? Like, what if there's someone else? It's very Kirk. Uh, and they get that beat. And it, I guess it's, for, the, for, the, for us, for us, the audience... Well, we already know all this. Right. Uh, or, wait, do we know all this at this point? We don't know this, really. We, we just know. Well, we know. So we know basically what we What the hell do we know? From, yeah, I know. What the hell do we know? Uh, we know from Wrath of Khan that he did something to McCoy because we remember the scene, you know, the remember scene. Yeah, and but, then yeah. We, we loosely remember. I'm not saying like, oh, my God, that's like that's like the pivotal scene. But we sort of have a vague idea and then... Here he comes, and we know something's going on with McCoy. Like, that's, you know, that's basically ties those two events together because we know okay, McCoy right. had the episode on the Enterprise, and he's now recovering. Mm-hmm. So we know something there's going on. Sarah comes in. We know that this is now going on with the Katra and that um, Sarek, you know, wants to find, get Spock and his Katra back together, and... We're almost at a loss, but Kirk is now. Wait a minute, there could be still hope here. So, okay, so let's. So I think that's what we that's what we know. So what we know. Let me just let me see if I can recap it too. So what we know now is the uh, I'm seeing it's 1984. I'm seeing Search for Spock for the first time sitting in a the theater. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Kirk just figured it out, right? He knows. Right. He he has a suspicion that it's McCoy. Right, because that that to me, that to me is you know, because 
how would Kirk have gotten there? You know, just jumped off. Oh, what if he might join with someone else? Does he, do you think he's like, oh, McCoy's been acting like a weirdo? Right. So, so he, he knows. But I I wonder if it's this, you know, these minutes here where the audience, where we as the audience are supposed to go, oh, it's McCoy. That's what that was. Right. I don't, I don't, I feel sad for myself because I don't remember having that, that moment. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I remembered, like, had the aha moment, like, aha. Yeah. That's it kind of a drag, a... isn't it? It's nothing better than a, than a reveal for the first time. Yeah. And now yeah, exactly. Now it's just a given, like, oh, yeah, duh, remember. Of course we know what yeah. that is, but we didn't know what it was until, until, until this probably, movie. Until this movie, yeah. C- can I roll back again? Sorry, we keep going backwards. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, when Sarek says that everything he was and everything he knew is lost, uh, yeah. I feel like he's totally laying a guilt trip on Kirk. Like, um, do you, do you like, in a way, like this passive aggressive. Well, this is your fault. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily. I just, I just took it as him being just utterly filled with despair. You know, like all hope is now lost. All you know, everything that Spock was is gone. Okay. This is how I'm sort of grieving, even though I don't outwardly show that I'm grieving, but I am, I am broken because of this okay so you're yes you're being much more sympathetic to Sarek than I am being <laughs> oh I don't I didn't take it as like he was like I think when he first comes in with a guns a blazing and he's you know um, you know he's like how could you you know what you're supposed to be on Vulcan and all this other stuff he trusted you that was more accusatory I feel like here he's now just you know, everything he was, everything he knew is all, it's all gone. You know, Spock is gone. He just sort of gets up and is, you know, he's going right. to leave. Do you, so you remember at the end of Wrath of Khan when McCoy, you know, dropped that line? He's like, well, he's not really dead as long as we remember. Uh, right. Do you think, uh, you think if Kirk had thrown that out at this moment, you know, Sarek would have like smacked him? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he would have totally smacked yeah. him in the face and said, shut up. That's my son you're um, talking about. So, uh, while we're on the subject of, you know, we're we're finishing this moment with Sarek and Katra and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so there was a huge discussion. Well, huge. There was a couple of posts on face on the Facebook on the Federation, uh, um, in the Listener Federation. Yep. Um, I think Daniel uh, pretty much started it up with his, you know, book size post, which was fantastic. By the way, um, we appreciate it, Daniel. Um, and he, he touched on a couple of things that I was thinking about, too. One specific thing was he had mentioned about the uh, idea of um, copying. Like, is, is what he downloads is what Spock downloads. And I know we're sort of separate. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But I just want to bring it up because we're sort of on yeah. it. And we did talk about Katra last week. And he mentioned this idea of doing, like, a copy of, um, you know, the memories and all that kind of stuff. And... Uh, non-canon wise uh, I did some more research and I found on Memory Beta which is the sister site of Memory Alpha but it's non-canon so this is all stuff from the books or other sources and there's a huge post on Katra about how um, and I think we might have had this question uh, or you know how long does a you know and I even mentioned like does a Vulcan live forever and basically According to this, yes, a Vulcan could live forever, and um, 
it goes on to say, and I'm going to sort of paraphrase a lot of it, and it says, the term Katra was, was a word that no one had ever been able to translate with any degree of precision. It was not exactly a soul or personality. It was more than a memory, but less than a living being. Which also brings up something that Daniel had mentioned about, um, again, we're, I'm going to get ahead to some of the things he says, you know, about the the Spock, you know, memories in terms of was it a copy, was, you know, what's a soul and all that kind of stuff. So yep. here we're sort of finding out that it, it wasn't really, it was something not, you know, more than a memory, not a soul, not quite a just copy of emotions, but something more. Okay. And, um, and then it says, uh, typically when a Vulcan neared death, they transferred their Katra into the mind of another in order to be in turn in the hall of ancient thought at Mount Celia. And basically the way they describe it is that these Katras were available to people to host and they could then ask them questions sort of thing. And I find that very, very fascinating that even though the body is dead, the mind, like Sarek says, the mind lives on. And here we are, there's evidence that that is true, that they could talk to these Vulcans of days past and get information or life experiences and all that kind of stuff. And I find that very cool. That is a, that's, that is a great concept. That was the, the hall of ancient thought. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well that, you know, that I, I agree. And I think in, in a way you may have answered a question I had for this minute, which was what was Sarek's plan <clears throat> if he found right. Spock's Katra in Kirk? Was his, is, is that, was that his plan? Was is is the plan to take Spock's Katra to the Hall of Ancient Thought and uh, deposit it there? Is that the so, phrase? So when I, yeah, so, so so when I read this, that's exactly what I thought. Like you were supposed to bring him back to, to Vulcan, and they were gonna do the ritual that would put his mind available to. Um, and I think they says uh, typically a Vulcan who held the Katra of another were known as a keeper. Whilst this was the case with those Vulcans who had died, it was considered dangerous to mind meld with disembodied mind, one of the, those placed within a Katric arc. So, um, oh man, so many touch points you just had there. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the Ark of the Covenant. I was thinking oh, yeah. the, the Keymaster <laughs> and Ghostbusters. Right. So, um, my mind went in a few different directions. <laughs> but it just shows you that this wasn't something that they did often but it was uh, something that was very dangerous that i would imagine it's not like you just walk up to the you know the house and be like hey i want to i want to talk to surak or you know or whoever and be like you know oh here you go just get the memory we'll download and you're good to go no apparently it was very dangerous and probably and at that point i wonder if it killed the person and do they lose the memory and then you know you screwed everyone (laughs) you lose two at the same time yeah now I'm picturing like a library, you know, you know they're checking out these Katras and you can only take two at a time. It's it, it, it's funny you say that. I, I, I almost, uh, one of my favorite shows is Futurama. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it always makes me think of like now reading this makes me totally think of like the hall of heads or whatever, where they had all the different heads that they would go in and talk to. And, you know, Spock was one of them or Leonard Nimoy was one of them. And I just would think that there's, that's what you would see. You would see these heads with the Katra in them, and they'd be like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I don't know where, what's going on in my head today, because I'm also thinking of the, uh, the the paintings and the portraits in Harry Potter. You know, how oh. after... Hey, that's a, 
yeah. right? After wizards die and others. I wonder if that's even a more accurate <clears throat> uh, representation of what we're talking about here because, you know, heads in jars, I think, pretty funny, but they're supposed to be the person. They're still alive, right? But they're just their heads in the jar. Right, but yes. The, the paintings in, you know, in Hogwarts or in the wizarding world, those were always kind of nebulous if it was really the actual person that was talking to them or if it was a like you said it right a copy of that person who seemed to uh, yeah yeah so katra as hogwarts painting that's not a that's i i you know that's not a bad i a bad way to put it because i do think that and i agreed with some of the things that daniel said like i i agree that you know the katra is sort of a copy because spock as we know, you know, touches McCoy and says, remember, and there's that version, you know, Spock A or Spock B, but Spock A is continuing to do his thing and even shows emotion towards Kirk when the end eventually comes. So I feel like... Right, because he's still I don't know. There, right? I, you we, know we, like talk, the, we talked about that, right? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. And, so, and I do have... I, I, I'm going to save it for future minutes because I do this, this copy... Uh, yes. I think that breaks down a little bit when we get to some future minutes, so I'm going to save it. Yeah, so it, it, obviously there's, um, there is the, the later minutes that we'll get into this, but I just wanted to sort of finish up that since we're, since we're going to be sort of moving on a little bit into other things. One last, right. thing, I, one last thing I wanted to bring up about Katra was um, during the research and going back and looking at some of the old episodes was, do you remember the episode called Spock's Brain? Oh my god! You know it's so, funny. So I, I know it, but I really only know it as a kid because I think I only watched it as a kid. I've never rewatched it, so yeah, I have, at, my memory at, is twenty-five years old. Yes, so that's the that was the probably the time that I watched it, and I have not seen it since. Um, I have been going back and watching old episodes here and there, but I have not gotten to this one. And you know the the basics of this episode is that Spock's brain is literally removed, and this woman. Um, Kara, or I believe it's Kara, takes his brain and they got to get it back. And they're only given so much time. So (laughs) I I just found this to be (laughs) not, this is different from Katra, but I feel like we learn more about, as as ridiculous as this sounds, and I'm sure by this, you know, season they were looking for things to like, well, can we fill 60 minutes here? You know, hey, someone steal Spock's brain. Um, it just, it, it, it amazes me like how things, you, you know, how they continue to evolve the Vulcan. Right. You know, they have the Katra, which you mentioned in one of the other episodes in here, you know, his brain's removed, but he can still, he's still okay. So it, it tells you that there's more to Vulcans, their mind, their heart, their soul, that they could survive without those things for a period of time. Yeah. And I think this even though this is a different concept and we, we laugh at it, it still, I think, is part of that whole Katra discussion. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i with you. And I'm actually reminded of, I just read an article recently, and I think I shared it on the, the Listener Federation, that uh, Quentin Tarantino was just recently interviewed about, hey, if you were going to make a Star Trek film, what would you do? And he's like, oh, I would totally go back to uh, take an episode from the original series and... Mm-hmm redo it flesh it out and and you know extend it into a feature-length film and so now that you're bringing this up I'm like oh my god is that what they did with spock's brain have they have they extended it and turned it into this maybe 
I, I may have just ticked off a whole lot of people because I know yeah. Spock's brains <laughs> is generally considered like the worst episode of the original series. Uh, but wow, okay. All right, so uh, moving on. That's good um, stuff, man. And obviously, we'll we'll come back to Katra again. I think it's a it's a subject that we'll see again. Clearly, and um, we have more thoughts on it. And I know I have more thoughts on it in the different you know different right. minutes. But so now we move on, and we're in the you know. I don't know where we are. Actually, we're in some sort of computer room, or whether this is—I know where we are. Where, where are we, Chris? We're in, we're in, we're in uh, 1984, watching an old VCR tape. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's static. A lot of crap that you first see uh, when the flight recorder comes on. That's that's what like when you rented a video from Blockbuster and it had been seen like a million times, and that's adjust what it looked like. In the Chris, beginning. you got to yeah. adjust the tracking. Exactly. <laughs> so I just I just laugh at it. I'm like, oh, so even in the future, they've got scratchy VHS tapes. We probably saw this and probably thought it was completely normal because at that time we were like, oh, yeah, that's exactly how tapes look. Right. That's how look, recordings look. Actually, you know what? I don't think we were... 1984 was... Were, were VCRs out? Were VCRs um, out yet? I mean, I know, you know a few years later, when, uh, in, when, a few years later in high school, we were in high school and renting things. Uh, but in '84, right. that may have been very early on, VHS adoption. Um, so I'm actually I'm actually sort of looking to see when the actual home VCR was uh, available. Okay. Um, and the mass market was in the late, and the industry boomed in the '80s, and more and more customers bought VCRs. By 1982, 10% of households in the United Kingdom owned a VCR. The figure reached 30% in 1985. So, okay, so they're, they're coming into being. <clears throat> they're coming into being in the early 80s, so maybe not at this time. We probably wouldn't have known. Okay, all right. So I take that So back. it still looks futuristic, then. All this yes. neato static. So we're all still amazed by the future. So we come back to the, um, you know, we're at the, we're at the point where they are in some sort of computer room, and, uh, you know, the, the bad computer voice says, engine room, flight recorder visual, stardate 8128.78, or something like that. No, I think you get that um, in the nose, buddy. Um, so, I, I just want to say, uh, the effects in this movie, n this video notwithstanding, uh, still continue to disappoint me. Um, there are some things that I feel like they do really well, and then there's other things we see, and I think it's going to come up again in a few minutes. But I just am utterly disappointed. And I don't know why the computer voice... And let me preface it by saying, obviously I hold a lot of things in Rathacon to a high standard. Right. And you and I had actually just seen it in the theater and thought that it held up very well still to today's movie standards. The special effects look pretty good. Um, the story is obviously fantastic. But for a movie on the big screen, I thought yeah, it, was it was great. Amazing. And I... And I go back to the very beginning of the movie when they're in the Kobayashi Maru and the, the special effects there, the computer voice and the graphics that are on the screen, I feel like are, you know, with a, the budget they were they had, I feel like they did a great job for that scene. And I just am disappointed that, it, that none of that seems to translate over here. Even the computer voice here sounds just so awful. Well, but you just... That it just... You just rang a bell, though, when you said that with the computer... Isn't, that, isn't the computer voice we hear... That we hear here, the same voice we hear describing the Kobayashi Maru and its contents and all that stuff. I didn't. 
I didn't feel like it was the same though. As Maybe soon as I'm you said being it, more harsh than no, I... as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's the same voice. And I think we've talked about, I think we've talked about before in the Star Trek universe, the the voices of the computers. Like we, I think we always yes. want the next generation Enterprise computer voice, Major Barrett. Um, we want that all over the place. But I, I like hearing other. <laughs> other voices you know female voices male voices so it it helps me yeah. distinguish a little bit you know it's not this between the you know, movies yeah between and... the movies are yeah, just maybe. that it's not you know this one massive computer that's in starfleet that everybody's talking to and like you know a giant siri that's available everywhere no matter what function you're using so i i kind of like it i'm gonna do it as homework i want to compare the voices i'll let you okay. I'll let you know next, right. next episode so um, Kirk then says, he says, go. And then we see the, we begin to see the recording um, from the reactor room in Rathacon where, you know, Spock then says, ship, out of danger. Um, and my major question here is, how big brother is Starfleet? <laughs> because they actually have recordings of yeah. all this stuff. Like, are there cameras, like, all... And we may have talked about this at the beginning of the minute a little bit, but are there cameras, like, all over the place, like, recording everybody? Um, I'm going to say... Well, I'm going to say probably, you know, like any... Even even today, right? 2017, and people have web cameras in their homes or looking out their front door when the doorbell rings, and you've got security cameras and traffic cameras and all that stuff. So, you know, it's becoming almost ubiquitous now, Um so I could see right. just extending that in the future that, yeah, they're probably all over the place. But also, this is, you know, a highly sensitive, it's the engine room of a Starfleet vessel, Starship. Um, right. So it makes sense that you might have cameras going in there just for security purposes, looking for, you know, saboteurs or right. whatever. Um, now, again, we, we, we already talked about having this camera angle seems odd to me, not a far away shot, but... Yes. Um, no, I think I think there's probably cameras everywhere. Maybe not in people's quarters, but uh, but probably out in the hallways. Yeah, sensitive areas. Sure. Do, do you think not? No, I I agree with you. I totally agree with you. But mm-hmm. I just I feel it's just an easy device for us to be able to look into the past. Yeah. And maybe that's what you were trying to tell me before about shooting from a different angle and stuff like that. And maybe now I'm sort of getting on board. But I just feel like it's an easy out to be like, hey, this is what happened in the past. Oh, we happen to have a recording of it. You know, like that sort of sure. thing. Yeah. No, or, or you know, at the very least, you know, throw us a, you know, the, the same scene, but the camera's off center. So all you see is like, you know, the back of Kirk's head. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. be dead on what we saw in the original movie. But that's okay. I forgive it. It is Star Trek, and I've seen it before. <laughs> that's all the notes i had my friend yeah pretty much i mean this was uh you know we're getting beyond we're, we're, we're now beyond the bad feelings of the katra and now we're sort of into the area of sherlock holmes and oh. watson as they sort of piece this together i like that so we're moving out of what did you call it bummersville bummersville okay all right man well then why don't we wrap it up uh and uh, folks, we'll invite you all while we're away uh, to come visit us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr 
and we're also on Facebook at the Star Trek Minute Listener Federation. So uh, come on by and uh, share your thoughts, and we'll uh, uh, we'll chit chat back with you. We always love to talk to folks who are listening and listen to your theories. And um, we're going to be back on Wednesday talking about Minute 29 of the Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye.